was in our main priority right now. There has been sightings of the last one in Luz Domain, and we're running out of time. We have to find him as soon as we can. Then that makes keeping an eye on both of them easier. We have to... Well, well. Aren't you a bit late? Again. Whatever have you been doing that makes you think that tardiness is tolerable? It's not one's business to pry. The business is the If one does not want to tell us anything, it's not our place to pry. Besides, being late is better than being absent, unlike someone. Which reminds me... Do you know what Lu has been up to? He hasn't been around the few lunar cycles that we should be meeting. That... Is a matter worth discussing with all of you? Huh? Lou is dead. light, ashes can look a lot like snow. Not that I would know what snow looks like in real life. <laughs> the harshly glaring sun overhead makes it easy to forget what a cold breeze even feels like. The sweat that runs down my spine feels like liquid fire, and on my tongue, bitter ash settles like a hibernating animal. More ash rises into the air from the burning flames, the embers glowing like the blood-red eyes of some ferocious beast stalking the night. I'm sorry, he says. I know it's taking too long. And I have all the time in the world, I reply running my thumb along the ridges of the pencil I hold in one hand. Just make sure not to burn Jess's adobo, like you did last time. You know how cranky they can get. His soft laughter is drowned out by the loud hiss 
as he pitches another batch of vegetables into his frying pan. The fires flare for a moment before he tempers it again. I look down at the sketchbook in my hands. Still focused on his cooking, he asks, What are you working on this time? Oh, the usual, I say. I'm drawing the town. He chuckles. Well, if you ever open a museum featuring all your works, you should totally invite me to see all of them. It's my turn to laugh, tucking my pencil into the bun of my hair. I close my sketchbook and place the corner of it on my chin, pretending to be deep in thought. I might consider... If you teach me how to cook your delicious sinigang, that is. From my backpack, I take out the plastic Tupperwares Robert is going to put the delicious food into. If I teach you how to cook, will you start helping me around the kitchen? I raise my eyebrow at him. Well, will I get any sort of compensation? I rub my fingers together, a gesture for some, well, cash. Well, if I do end up opening a carinderia, of course, why not, diba? We grin at each other, our fantasies of the future playing in our minds. Robert, the master chef, and me. His assistant cook and delivery service. I don't think I'd get as much time to draw, though. Despite how frequent I draw, I never actually saw it as a career path. I hardly pay the future any mind, actually. Plans seem to be so easily disrupted, and it's nearly impossible to keep the future in check. Not when death lurks about in the shadows that's the thing about endings you don't know when it'll just be over one moment you can be walking down the street with your friend and the next thing you know he gets run over by a speeding car I watch Robert steer the saucepan with his big wooden spoon his sweat dripping down his forehead. The flames are quiet now, steady, but very much blazing. The knife he used to chop onions lay on the counter, and the kitchen towel haphazardly laying on top of it. Does anyone get jumpy after watching any of the Final Destination films? You know keeping an eye out, spending your time imagining how things can go grotesquely wrong. Such a view will this can be to one's paranoia. But there is no reason to overthink. Not here, at least. I sigh, carefully taking the knife and the hand towel from the counter and placing both of them, separately, in a safer place where it could hurt no one.
Robert let out a loud, uh-huh, and he turned the stove off, puffing his chest out triumphantly. There's a bit of sauce running down the side of his lips, but he doesn't seem to notice. He takes a spoon and dips it into the sauce, scooping a good amount before gesturing me to come over and have a taste. His cooking is heavenly. That delicious, rich, salty, and sour taste and silky texture of the sauce fills my taste buds with happiness and nostalgia. <sighs> Man, I already want to eat lunch at this rate, but I have some deliveries to make. After the dish cools a bit, Rob went over to the Tupperwares and filled them with a generous amount of chicken meat and sauce. He neatly packs it all up and places them in my backpack. This one's for Koyarik. This one's for Gabriel. And this one's for Jess. I'll deliver the rest to my neighbors. Ah, ah, ah. Don't forget, this last batch is mine. <laughs> He laughs at me. For your compensation, <laughs> he says. I nod, winking at him, putting on my cap and taking my backpack. Alright, Maria's delivery services on the way. I bid Rob goodbye, along with his parents, Tita Teresita and Tito Toy. The harsh April sun blinds me as I step outside and I can feel its scorching heat through the thick yet breezy fabric of my jacket. The heat of the ground burns through the cheap rubber of my slippers. Oh god, I don't really want to stay under the sun more than necessary. Without missing a beat, I take my old skateboard which is leaning on the front door. I hop on. And with a push of my foot, I propel myself forward. Just enough to reach the downward slope going to my delivery destination. The wind whizzes past me as I pick up speed. I keep one of my hands on my cap, making sure it doesn't get blown away. The delivery isn't actually as bothersome for me to demand an actual salary. All of the ones I give food to live along the route to my home. In fact, one of them is my next door neighbor. His name is Richard. We call him Kuyarik. And he's a drunkard. My final stop before I can get home and go eat. After my travels, I approach his house and knock on his door. And when he opens it, the smell of booze that radiates from him is so strong, I have to take a step back. I hand the delivery over to him. He places a crumpled 50 peso bill in my hand thanks me for my service before muttering something about regretting to buy food whatever that means and he closes the door 
I sigh, taking my cap off and picking up my skateboard. I saunter to the small wooden bungalow I call my home. It is a house with a huge window at the front to let the wind in. I push open the door. We rarely lock it. Now that I think about it, it's amazing we've never been robbed before. But that's sort of the life here in our self-contained barrio. The perks of everyone being familiar with each other is the inherent trust we build. Hard to steal from someone when everyone knows who you are. (laughs) I close the door behind me, not bothering to lock it. Da, I'm home. I call out to my aunt, walking into our kitchen, taking my bag off my shoulders. I unzipped it and took out the Tupperware containing the adobo. Tada ulam's on the counter, ah? There was no response. (laughs) Who cares? She's probably in our garden. I shrug it off and head straight into my room. My room is a small one, which only contains my bed, a medium-sized wardrobe, and my messy study table, which sits in front of the window, overlooking the unkept vacant lot to the left of our house. A pair of sparrows land on the side of the street, chirping sharply at each other before, before looking at me. I stare back, and they tweet some more but not once breaking their eye contact from me. A third sparrow joins in. One of its wings is stained with a dark red color, as as if it's... Uh, I, I need to draw this. Oh, God. Look at the time. I'm late for my practice. Tilly would be so mad at me. I have to hurry. Robert and I are walking home around the barangay in the morning. We're on our way home after picking up some groceries for our cooking session. After all, walking is the only way you can get from one place to another here. The most vehicles we have are the tricycles that take us to Bayan. 
But aside from that and your occasional makeshift bicycles, there are absolutely no cars around here. Which makes morning strolls like this an absolute pleasure to have. It's a bit scary thinking about the future. I have no plans at all and I'm just piggyback riding on Rob's stuff. But Robert... Oh, he practically envisioned his future. A few days ago, we went to Bayan to check out the university nearby. Cavite State University, CVSU, aiming to produce globally competitive students. <laughs> it wasn't a big school, but looked decent enough, and their culinary courses seemed to interest Robert. But he isn't too worried about it. He tells me that it's not the school that hones people's skills, it's a person's effort. And it's true. Nobody formally taught Rob how to cook. His refined cooking skills are a product of him watching his nanai and recently videos on the internet. So if studying doesn't work out, he wouldn't push it. After all, his plans opening Karindiria is growing more and more appealing the more he takes weekend ulam requests. I might actually need to buy a bike for my mini delivery services if he actually goes with the plan. I don't want to fall behind my deliveries one day. I would support his Karindiria career. Actually, between you and me, I'd prefer he opens one than see him leave town to go study somewhere else. As we approach the basketball court, we see Alice hunched over her book, sitting on a bench at the side of the court. A huge santol tree generously offers its shade. She pushes her round glasses up her nose as she reads line after line, absorbing as much information as she could. After finishing, she practically highlights an entire paragraph. Robert and I exchange looks and laugh <laughs> this is not something i can ever imagine robert doing i think school really doesn't fit him <sighs> anyways we're going to be making sinigang together hopefully i'll learn it well enough would love to surprise rob's parents with it I'm sure they'd love to taste Rob Sinigang again. Oh, Maria, it's been a while. Hello, po, Tita Teresita. Ano po? How have you been doing? You know, still alive and kicking, as always. Well, come in, come in. Ah, no, thank you, Po. It's, it's all right. I'm just here to drop by some sinigang. Oh, Maria, that's so kind of you. You really shouldn't have. Are you sure you don't want to come in? We can eat your dish together. Oh, no, I'm fine. Thank you for the offer, but I have to go meet my friend after this. We have to practice for a performance at school. Ooh, studying hard, aren't we? That's nice. 
Wait, have you decided what course you're going to take? Which school are you going to? I actually don't know. Uh, I haven't decided. I just, I was just thinking about taking a year off and doing freelance work. You know, draw and take commissions. Um, can I be the first one to commission you? Oh, you don't have to. I'm, I'm fine. Wait, can you draw Robert? In a toga? Graduating? I'll pay you how much you want. But it would mean a lot to me if you would draw him. Yes, yes, of course. I will draw him for you. Thank you. Well, I have to get going. My friend is waiting for... Huh. There's something behind your couch. Say, did, did you did you get a dog? Huh? No, we didn't. Why do you ask? Maria, are you alright? Oh, 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 um, I'm sorry, it's it's nothing. I just thought I saw something scurry inside your house. Ah, uh, that's probably the mice. Well then, I need to go. I hope you enjoy the sinigang though. It's Rob's recipe. Bye-bye. Oh, ingat. Bye-bye. This episode has been executively produced by Cutprint Podcast Network under the Podcast U program the leading public service training program for podcasting in the Philippines. We'd like to thank the network and the Cutprint Management for making this episode possible.